Welcome to the Raising Confident Teens podcast, where we share life and leadership skills with teens and their parents. I'm Rachel. And I'm Hudson. And on today's podcast, we're going to be talking with Dr. John Push Gaines. Dr. Gaines is a professional speaker, author, leadership consultant, and mentorship expert. He has proudly appeared as a guest at the New York Stock Exchange, numerous universities, corporations, nonprofit events, NBA skill camps, school assemblies, and youth camps across the country. He graduated from East Central University, where he was named Outstanding Student in Business and won a football championship as captain of the football team. With a master's degree in business leadership and a doctorate in business administration, he demonstrates great dedication and personal achievement. But his goal, however, goes beyond personal accomplishment. He is driven to give hope to others because his own story grew from hopelessness. John's childhood was one of extreme adversity. Growing up surrounded by drugs and violence, facing personal struggles, and being bullied for his differences, he had every reason to give up, but he pushed through. Now, as a professional speaker and author, John strives to help and teach people to overcome and to rise. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Gaines. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. So from the very beginning of your life, you had a lot of challenges. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Yes, of course. So I grew up in uh, the state of Washington, and in the early 1990s, Tacoma, a city in the state of Washington, had some of the highest drug and crime rates in America. And that area, which had those high drug and crime rates, is where I grew up. And so for me, um, growing up around gang violence, drugs, really just chaos, was I was kind of birthed into it. Uh, a lot of the chaos that I saw on the outside of my home, I also experienced on the inside of my home where my, my father was in and out of my life and my mother was addicted to drugs. Um, and some of those challenges I faced as we talk about challenges and, and really having a lot of those challenges in my childhood, I was literally born with drugs in my system. I, uh, and because of that, growing up, I had a speech impediment. Um, I had learning disabilities and different things that I really had to learn to grapple with and, and just try to get through just to feel like I, I could fit in and, and be one of the kids who could go to like the normal classes and, and, you know, uh, go to recess and not have to go to all the extra stuff just to work on my speech or some of the, some of the learning issues that I faced because I was born with drugs in my system. And, and that was like my day-to-day life. When I was seven years old, the drugs that my mother used, took her life. And I, I found my mother dead. I, I was on that founder as a seven-year-old boy. Wow. And that was such a critical moment in my life. It literally, I, I remember that moment feeling like I lost all hope. And I remember that moment feeling like there was nothing I wanted to do, nothing I wanted to become. I felt like everything for me was shattered. And that was uh, the most difficult thing that I've ever faced in my life. And that was really my childhood in a nutshell. So everything that comes along with being orphaned basically at the age of seven. Wow. That's a, that's rough for an adult to go through, but for somebody that young to just to be the one to find your mother dead. That's, that's rough. After your mother died, who took care of you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I truly believe it takes a community to uh, raise young people, especially young people that have had difficult childhoods. And so I kind of bounced around a little bit. Uh, I remember being, staying with my grandmother for a little bit. Then my grandmother was extremely old. And unfortunately, because um, several of her kids 
uh, grew up in that crazy environment. She ended up raising a lot of her grandkids and great grandkids. And so I was like that second, third generation of kids that she was kind of raising, which was not good for her. She ended up going to a nursing home. Uh, then I was with my um, an auntie for a little bit. Luckily for me, I ended up in kinship care at, through the foster care system, ended up in kinship care to where my brother ended up taking me in. I was a declared a ward of state um, at the age of 10. So I was independent. And so I remember receiving checks in my name and uh, just really taking care of myself. And then I, I met a family that eventually adopted me um, when I was 11 years old. So a combination of my brother and uh, his wife really stepping up and, and providing for me. And then just other community members, mentors and, and teachers. And so it really was a community effort for me. You met someone in first grade that made a huge impact on your life. Uh, who was that person and what did she do? She, uh, my first grade teacher. And so I actually talked to her today for an hour uh, and she's still teaching here in Tacoma. And she absolutely changed my life, not because she did anything outside the box in regards to teaching, but because she didn't focus so solely on teaching. She really tried to pull greatness out of her students. And I believe every person is born with a gift and is born with greatness on the inside. And because of the environment that I was in, I didn't realize that for myself. Like the experiences that I had, now it's easy for me to say that those were challenges. But for me, I really couldn't see beyond that. So for me, that was the norm. Um, and that just was, that was the way things were going to be. I was going to be just like my father. I was going to be like all the other men that I saw in the community. And that was my perception of myself. But I met a teacher who, the same teacher used to knock on our door and bring us food when we didn't have food. Same teacher who was at my mother's memorial service. She... uh I remember going back to class shortly after my mother passed away and she said, today we're doing the, I have a dream assignment. Essentially this was uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. assignment. And I remember uh, just having these posters of Dr. King around the room and she would talk a lot about dreams and she pulled me to the side because she knew that I had faced a lot of difficulties. She knew that I was struggling with kind of identifying my dream of what I wanted to do when I got older and what I wanted to, wanted to become. And she said, John, what is it you want to do? What is it you want to become? I said, maybe one day I want to be a doctor like Dr. King. And he was the only person that I could see in a positive light. I had no idea what that meant. I didn't know what kind of doctor he was. <laughs> I really, I knew he just helped people and inspired people. And I wanted to do that for my community. And my teacher looked at me with tears in her eyes and she said, John, I believe in you. I believe in you. And that literally changed my life because it was the first time that someone began to believe in me that I could remember. And it was the first time that something clicked in me that my perception of myself began to change and that I actually began to start believing in myself. And so that was a, a an amazing moment for me. And she's still just one of the closest people in my life. But that literally changed my life. It was only a few seconds, but it was the most powerful moment in my life. That's one of those, um, we call them pivotal moments. You look back and you're like, ooh, that was something that really changed the course of my history. Yes. So what were some things you did to motivate yourself when you felt like maybe you weren't good enough or your dreams were too hard? There was a, a lot of things that I did uh, as a kid. I believe, you know, our success, it was easy for me to identify my dream, right? But then it's like, how do you get to the dream? Things didn't get better for me when I began to believe in myself. 
I realized that there was work and different things I had to put behind that. And really at the age of seven, I remember developing a system, right? I didn't know what it was. I didn't call it a system at seven, but there was a certain routine that I began to follow even at the age of seven. Just when I began to believe in myself, my attitude began to change about everything around me. I began to believe that I could actually be a doctor like Dr. King. I remember going home and reading Dr. Seuss books. I remember jogging down to these stairs and running these stairs. I remember doing all these cool things that at the time I didn't think were that cool, but they were extremely difficult for me to do. But I knew that they would help me get to my dreaming and become the person that I was created to be. So those were a few things. And I still do those things today. Like, uh, give an example. I, you still read Dr. Seuss? I still Seuss? love reading Dr. Seuss books. He's my favorite person. I, I watch I watch The Grinch every Christmas. Oh, so do we. That's on our list. Wait, hold on. Is Dr. Seuss an actual doctor? There's different kinds of doctors. Different kinds, yeah. He's not an MD. Yeah. Not that I know yeah. of. Like John is a, has a doctorate in business. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could get a doctorate in most anything. Yeah, you can. Yep. If you wanted to go go for that long. Yeah, if you right? wanted to spend your yeah, the rest of your days in school. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so a lot of those things I still do today. Whether that is reading. I love reading. I love reading. I feel like a lot of times fear is one thing that holds a lot of people back. Um and fear is what makes especially when we talk about teens. Uh, not allowing them to believe in themselves. And then for me, the opposite of fear is really having knowledge. People fear what they don't know. And so I learned that at an early age, the more I began to read and explore the world outside of my four walls, the more faith and confidence I developed. So I still love to read every day. I run stairs almost daily. And I often, and I don't, I don't run the stairs every day, but I go to the stairs almost every day because it's really therapeutic for me. And it's, it's a form of self-care. So it's something I still do uh, most days for sure. Right. I can vouch for that. Cause I talked to you on the phone the other day and we talked for an hour and you were walking the stairs the whole time. Yes. <laughs> so you found your escape and passion in sports. What would you say to a teen that would say that worked for you, but I'm not good at anything. Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and, you know, it's something that I talk, I, I talk to a lot of athletes and one thing athletes struggle with is when they're done, let's say they graduate high school and they don't go to college to play sports they kind of struggle with finding their purpose or they're done with college and then they don't go play professional sports. They struggle with finding their purpose. And so even with athletes, what I share with them, don't wrap your identity in sports. Um, Each of us, we all have a gift. And, and so for me, just trying to understand when I, when I understood and comprehended my own gift, it allowed me to kind of find that in others. And it's not literally like, I don't have the power to, pull someone's gift out of them, right? I have the power to help someone identify that gift, but they have to pull it out uh, of themselves. And so for me, that's what I like to share with with young people. So maybe it's not sports. Maybe (laughs) for a lot of people, it's definitely not walking stairs. But what is it? What are some things that you're good at? You know, start writing those things down. And and maybe that's what you're called to do. So for me, I, I love to help people and impact people. I do that through communication. And that was always the gift Uh, for a while in my life. I did that through football. It just happened to be football. But now the tool is communication because I can no longer uh, run as fast as I (laughs) as I used to anyway. And so for me, that's what I try to share with young people. Like we all have a gift and it's up to us to really start writing things down to figure out how we could use that gift in a positive way. 
that's good. Um, I remember now what I was going to say earlier. Um, something that we like to encourage kids to do is read lots and lots of autobiographies of great people just to like encourage you and to spark you, give you ideas, help you think about what you could do, the possibilities. Do you do, you do that? Read autobiographies? Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, you know, Maya Angelou, uh, she's phenomenal poet. She lived a phenomenal life and just one of the greatest people, in my opinion, to ever live. She has uh, several books um, out there. And one thing she said is our greatest agony is bearing an untold story inside of us. And what she basically what how I take that quote is that everyone has a story. And the more we share our story, the less pain we have. Uh, the more we share our story, the more we connect, uh, the more we share our story, the more we inspire others. And I learned that at an early age. So not only do I read my stories, I love to listen to other people's stories. I love to read about other people's stories because it's it's a source of hope for me. It's a source of inf- inspiration and just reading stories and, and understanding like my life is not that bad, right? There's always someone who has it worse. And, and I really wasn't exposed to that until I started listening and reading other people's stories. So it's still something that I do until this day. So when you were younger, were you ashamed of your story? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So what, at what point did you say, I need to share my story? (laughs) It was a journey. So when I said she, my teacher began to believe in me when I was seven years old, my belief in myself took a while, although it clicked for me at the age of seven, I didn't start sharing my story until my junior year in college, and it kind of happened by accident. I had a mentor uh, that summer where I finally began to share my dream, and that dream was to communicate and inspire people. And that mentor, he began to take me to different places that summer where he was speaking at. He was a speaker. He was speaking at local places, and he would take me to those places for me to see him. And then eventually he would take me to these places, and he started inviting me up, inviting me up on stage. He would say, hey, I want to invite my friend up. No prep, no nothing. I remember sweating <laughs> on the stage, just thinking like, what am I going to do? And he would kind of prompt me, ask me a few questions. And then at the end of summer, he had an event where it was like 8,000 people. And he said, hey, before I speak, I want to invite you on stage. And I want to do an interview. I want you to share some of the things that you've been sharing with me this whole summer about your dreams and your goals and what you hope to accomplish. I want you to share a little bit of your story. Your story can bring hope to people. And that's exactly what I did. And that's before, so this was like 2010, 2011. Social media was really taking off at that time. YouTube was taking off at that time. And they ended up putting this portion on YouTube and it got back to my college coaches. I remember getting back to campus and my college coaches, they said we had no idea of some of, like the same coaches that recruited me. They said, we didn't know some of the things you experienced as a kid. And for me, one them knowing my story and seeing how inspired they were and seeing how inspired those people were that whole summer gave me the confidence and the courage to start uh, sharing my story. Because up until that point, I was quiet. I I didn't share my story. I wanted to prove everyone wrong. I I felt like if I shared my story, people would begin to make excuses for me. And I didn't want, I never wanted there to be any doubt. I wanted people to know that I belonged in the room. So I just decided to work hard and keep to myself. Yeah. You wanted to get there on your own merit, not because somebody pitied you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. What can we do if we feel like our past is holding us back and keeping us from achieving our dreams? Yeah, something for me, when when I was young and even as I got older, I always thought of my past as something that 
had nothing to do with my purpose. But as I matured and going back to that belief, as the more I began to believe, my attitude began to change about my past and the attitude began to change about my story. And I realized that like our past and our pain leads to our purpose. When we embrace those things, when we embrace our past, when we embrace our pain, it literally leads to our purpose. And our past, some of the hard things that we went through, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, the pain, it, it's all tools for our tool belt to help us get over the next obstacle a lot better. And so for me, um, understanding that helped me uh, tremendously. And that's something that I share with young people, right? We all have a past. We all have, um, but just as we have a past, we have a future, right? And so it's important for us not to forget the past, remember the past, learn from the past, but allow the past to propel you to become the person that you're destined to be in the future and to propel you to begin to walk in your purpose. We know that other people believe in us and can see potential in us, but often we don't can't see it in ourselves. What can we do to start believing in ourselves? Yeah, that's a really good question. I love that question because for me, being a parent has been one of the joys uh, just of my life because I get to help shape my daughter's perception of herself. And so even now as a two-year-old, uh, we wake up or really any time of the day, we, we go to the mirror and we look in the mirror. I say, I am smart. She looks at me, looks in the mirror and say, I am smart. And then I say, I am kind. She says, I am kind. Uh, I say, you know, I am beautiful. Then she says, I am beautiful. And for her, what that's doing is helping her begin to believe in herself. And her little confidence is already out of this world. And it's not in a way to where I don't want her to be arrogant, but I want her confidence to be contagious. I want her to have a positive attitude, knowing that if she could do it, others can do it as well. And so for me, that's something that I began to do late in life, right? It was one of the hardest things that I had to do, but it it helped me develop my self-image. It was kind of like going to the gym mentally and lifting weights mentally, looking in the mirror and saying affirmation statements. And that's just one of many things that I encourage uh, teenagers and and young people to do, but that is probably one of the most important um, things that I do in my life until this day. And I started that when I was young. Yeah, that's good. I think a lot of, at least my generation, we were taught that, that, that you don't talk about yourself. You don't try and puff yourself up. And so we shy from that, but I think that is something you have to believe in yourself, right? If you don't believe in yourself, nobody's going to want to go with you. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so right. I, yeah, if, if you don't believe in yourself, I, no one else will. And I think, you know, each of us, we have the potential to be everything that we're created to be, but it really starts with belief. And, and when we begin to see that as an attribute and not a crutch, the world begins to change around us. What if you don't have someone who believes in you? Can you still succeed? Yeah, of course. I think for, for for me, it was really realizing, understanding that it's not about me. It's bigger than me. And so, yeah, you're everyone's not going to believe in you. And you might feel like, especially teenagers, sometimes I remember being a teenager, there's no one that believed in me. But once I took off my blindfolds, I realized there was a lot of people that believed in me. But even in those seasons what I share now with young people is it's so important that you have to realize that um, it's, it's bigger than you. And what I mean by that, each of us have a purpose. We have a why. So when you, once you identify your why, there's literally nothing 
that is going to stop you, right? And so for me now, as I walk out in my purpose, there's still things that I do and others don't believe in me, others that I love and others that mentor me. I quit my job in corporate America about three years ago. I remember some of my family members and mentors called me crazy. Uh, it was a really good company and they they didn't believe in the, my decision making, but I knew that it was bigger than me in that season. I knew that I was created to impact people. And so it was important for me to walk away in that belief. And so, yeah, that's something that um, that I encourage all people to do, regardless of your age. In those seasons, when you feel like no one else believes in you, you have to really hone in on your affirmations. You re- really have to hone in on your why and, and, and remind yourself every single day that it's bigger than bigger than you and remind yourself every single day why you're doing what you're doing. Right. To have a goal. Yeah. Look at your goals. How, how did you get your nickname? Push. So that's a funny, it's a funny uh, nickname, but I love it. So it's the name of uh, my company, Push for Dreams and uh, Push for Dreams Leadership Academy. And I started wearing these push bands, which I'll have to send you guys some of these bands. Yeah. So these push bands, and essentially it came from the church. Uh, I remember having a mentor as a pastor uh, when I was 19. And he preached a message at church and it was pray until something happens. And I thought it was so great to hear that in the church. But I thought to myself, I want to be able to take that outside of the church walls. And so for me, I'm just, I just said, hey, push until something happens. And I made these bands. I gave them out to all my friends. And I would text all my friends every single day, inspirational messages. And then at the end, I, I would say, you know, keep pushing. I ended up going to an event with uh, this incredible speaker. And he knew me. I knew him. He had a very loud voice. And I went up to him to say hi to him <laughs> at this event. This was probably 10 years ago now. Um, I said, hey, what's up, man? I just had the push bands. And he said, push. What's up, man? <laughs> I'm like, hey, how you doing? And so everyone around him heard that. And they just began to call me push. <laughs> That's how it happened. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I've heard that saying before. And the, the thing I'd never liked about it. I mean, I'm, I'm we're believers and we believe in praying, but. I think a lot of times people use that as an excuse. Sometimes mm. you do just need to pray, yep. but sometimes you need to get off your butt and find something yes. to move you towards that goal. Yep. So I like where you talk about persevere until something happens. Yep. Um, I think it's a, it's a combination of praying and pushing and persevering. Uh, that'll get you where you want to go. So, so true. And our slogan is what's your push and you just hit on it. Right. And I don't want to, neglect what people do in the church right some for some of them like yeah your season is praying but I knew there was so much more to life and so for me I like to ask what's your push so maybe for you it's patience maybe for you it's perseverance maybe for you it's push maybe for you it's practice but whatever it is you have to keep pushing toward your goal right don't give up Mm -hmm. is there anything else you want to add yeah I just want to say one thank you so much uh for having me and then two just really want to emphasize, I kind of started talking a little bit about a gift and I guess I'll wrap it up with this. I believe our gifts are like a seed and each of us, we have a seed. Uh, and there's two things that we have to do to make sure that seed grows to become the tree that it was destined to be, right? This seed has so much power, right? But this seed does not have as much power on a windowsill as it does in soil. So one, one thing you have to do uh, if you're if you're a teenager and you have these dreams and goals, aspirations for yourself, surround yourself with people that dream is big. Surround yourself with people that will help you grow. 
once that seed is in the soil, it grows into the tree. And eventually that tree, it bears fruit. But it's a long process. And and I'll close with this. The tree doesn't benefit from the fruit, right? right? Like that gift of a seed, the tree never benefits from the fruit. And just as people, I think oftentimes we have these great gifts, but we try to keep these gifts to ourselves. Our gifts are not for us. Our gifts are meant to encourage, bless, and, and, and inspire others. And so just be reminded of those two things. You have a big dream. Surround yourself with, with great people that will elevate you. And then two, always realize that your gift is created. Um, your gift is in you to help inspire and, and encourage others. That's great. You, get, you feed the world. Yes. It's not to feed you, it's to feed the world. Yes. Where can we find you, like, media, like Instagram or Facebook? Uh, yep. So Facebook, so Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and then also I've been posting on TikTok since 1129 because <laughs> everyone has told Look me. Look at you. I know, right? I had a friend. He was like, you need to post on TikTok. You need to post on TikTok. He said this in January. Now he has a million followers on TikTok. And he was like, I told you. I'm like, okay, I believe you now. <laughs> and so, um, so I've been posting on TikTok and it's just all the same. It's just push, uh, P-U-S-H. And then my last name, Gangs, G-A-I-N-E-S. Can you, you want to tell us a little bit about your, um, your nonprofit? Yes, of course. So my nonprofit was really created to really everything I, I just shared with you. I put this in two different workbooks on ways to introduce ideas that aren't, might not be popular in school. So whether that's financial literacy, um, confidence and self-image, uh, the power of sharing your story, which we call the Push for Dreams Influence Academy, uh, the Push for Dreams Leadership Academy is where we focus on self-image, the Push for Dreams uh, Generosity Academy is really financial literacy curriculum, and the nonprofit is really birthed to help uh, young people, foster youth, underprivileged youth, and also equip educators to help teach and guide those youth and really just to help e- equip and guide uh, youth that are really struggling with those ideas and things I just shared to see that they could be more, to see that they were created for greatness and to help them and guide them and provide them with some some mentorship. And so in a nutshell, that's that's a little bit of what we do, but we do a lot more. But really, it was birthed from a place of just meeting students where they're at, meeting educators where they're at, and just helping them um, like so many different people and programs did for me uh, when I was a kid. And where can we find uh, that? That's at pushfordreams.org, pushfordreams.org. I just want to thank you, John, for coming on today here and sharing some hope and encouragement with us. On your website, you say, every kid is one I believe in you from achieving their dreams. It doesn't take much to change someone's life, just being intentional and investing and listening to others. So go out there and find someone to believe in. And we just want to say, if you feel like there's no one in your corner, we're here and we believe in you and we think you can do great things. And if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe. That way you won't miss out on any of the episodes. And if you're a parent, grandparent, or mentor, we would love to have you join us in our free private Facebook group. You can find it by searching for Raising Confident Teens Community. And have a great week.